And uh, if you ever wonder, man, I, I got a really tough, hard life sometimes, man. Just, just look around at you sometimes. There's some people with some, some tough things happening to them. We need to be in prayer. The Bible says pray for all men. And so we need to be in prayer for these people. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse number 17. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Let's try to read all that together here this morning. That's a beautiful verse. I like that verse. Zephaniah 3.17. Here we go. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. This morning I spoke on the love of God. And we saw how God's great love for us ought to be able to be comprehended by us understanding a couple of things. Number one, who we are. Number two, Christ's willingness to die for us. And number three is that we need to share that love to other people in this world by living it out. But I want to encourage you, and I'm going to preach on the love of God this afternoon too. But in a totally different aspect, in a totally different way. And I want to encourage you this afternoon with the love of God. With the love of God. You know, this life that we live is full of barricades and barriers. There are certain, they are there to keep us out of certain places. They are there to keep us from harm sometimes. They are there to restrict sometimes. They are there to protect at sometimes. But the point is, they are there to keep us out. And that's why I brought my road sign in. How many of you cannot see the road sign right here? Anybody, everybody see the road sign right here? All right. Uh, Randy and uh, Corey, can y'all come up here? Y'all come up Heck yeah, y'all come up here. Two, two strapping teenage young boys here, man, like right here they are, right there. Look at them. Wonderful examples of teenage fitness here. And all right, you all get on either side here of the, of the sign. Hold that sign up for me. Will you do that for me? Hold it up. Real tall. Now, Randy, Corey's shorter than you, okay? So don't go too tall, all right? So uh, uh, road closed is what it says. Road closed. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a barricade. And um, that's a thing that says, don't go this way. It's set up. A lot of times we see these in Austin, Texas, uh, whenever we have storms and there's flooding, right? And uh, we've got the low water crossings. And uh, turn around, what? Don't drown, yes, all right? Please, don't drive through that water, and uh, you will be hurt. Road close is what it says, though. It's a barricade. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a warning. It's telling you to stop, turn around, don't go any further. But can I let you know something? That there are some barricades that we try to set up, and that the devil tries to set up, and that the world tries to set up, and they try to put these barricades up, and they try to put them around the love of God. And they try to say that God doesn't love you, God doesn't care about you, and they're on, even in our own minds sometimes, if the love of God is behind this sign, it's saying, road closed. God doesn't really love you, God doesn't really care about you, God doesn't really uh, care that much for you. You can put the sign down, guys, and I'll use you here at the end of the message too, okay? 
And there's many times in our life that we allow barriers to be put up by Satan and other enemies of the cross that keep us from knowing, experiencing, and growing in the love of God. I read Zephaniah 3.17 to start the message off because of what he says in the middle of the verse. He will rest in his love. I notice that in that particular verse that he says that uh, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save, the idea is thee. He will rejoice over thee with joy. Look at, verse, look at the end of the verse. He will joy over thee with singing. But do you notice the difference about his love? There's no dependent or interdependence there. He will rest in His love. It's all on God. Oh, He'll joy over thee in singing. Oh, He will rejoice over thee. He will be mighty towards thee. He will save, but He will rest in His own love. He will continue, is the idea of resting there. He will continue to love And he's speaking here to the people of Israel here, no doubt. But he will continue to love his people. It doesn't stop. It doesn't quit. And many times and too often times, we set up a barricade, a barrier that says, God doesn't love me anymore. Or we might say it like this. God doesn't love me as much because X, Y, or Z. And Satan is trying to put those in front of us to get us to stop us from knowing the true love of God that's been provided to us in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I read to you this morning these verses, but I think it would be helpful if you turn to them yourselves in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 9. When I was in Bible college, they had us memorize these two verses hand in hand, and I thought it was a very good thing that they did so. In 1 John chapter 4, You find the apostle of love. I don't know if anybody picked up on that this morning, but the verses I read to you out of speaking about love, the majority of them came from the Gospel of John, 1 John, and the book of Revelation. Uh, So the apostle of love, John, writes to us about love. Love. And in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, give to us some of the greatest verses on love when it says to us, in this was manifested, or it was opened to us, the love of God, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him, here in His love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Before I tackle some of the barriers that are set up in our lives that keep us from knowing the love of God, let us settle it once and for all in our minds that according to the cross, we should have no doubt whatsoever in our hearts and in our minds that God loves us. The cross is the proof that God loves you and me. God has cleared the way to Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. He has cleared the way. He has made the door. Jesus said, I am the door. Jesus said, I am the way 
to the Father. The hindrances, listen to me, the hindrances have been removed. Amen? The law has been taken out of the way. It's been fulfilled in Christ. The temple and the tabernacle have been fulfilled in the Lord and Savior Jesus. The nation of Israel and the Jewish state are no longer required for us to enter into in order to have a relationship with God. But even greater than that, Satan has been moved out of the way. Sin has been moved out of the way. But the greatest enemy of all has been taken care of, and that is the enemy of death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says it plainly. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory. God has defeated. God has taken all the barriers down for us, my friend. And it's all been completed in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just read your book of Hebrews. Amen. It's all there. It's everywhere. All over the book of Hebrews. Christ is better than. Christ is better than. Christ is better than. All of these things. If God loved me enough to send his son to die for me when I was his enemy, Surely, 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 don't call me surely, right? Uh, uh, Surely you can trust him that he will love you, my friend, if you're his child. (laughs) Think about that. If God loved you as an enemy, will he stop loving you as his child? He's not going to. Even if y'all throughout your adversity and problems... We can trust that God loves us. We cannot allow our emotions to dissuade us from the truth of God's love. Some people sometimes will say, well, truth is just so cold. It's just the cold, hard facts, you know. And you know what? Facts are cold, and facts are just hard. They're just cold, hard facts. But truth is not cold, hard facts. Truth is living. Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth. Truth is alive. Uh, truth, uh, truth can be the very thing that can be put on the witness stand and somebody can tell the truth and exonerate somebody. It's alive. It, brings, it can bring life to people. Truth uh, can, uh, can heal somebody. Amen? I mean, uh, you can walk into a doctor's office tomorrow and somebody can say, here's the facts. You've got cancer. That's the facts. That's cold. That's hard. All right? That's not easy to hear. But the truth could be, but we're going to help you through it. You can be healed. You can be helped. Here's a remedy. Here's something that can get you through this. I mean, truth heals. Truth helps. Truth is what is there to continue us on. We cannot allow our emotions to dissuade us from the truth of God's love. Emotions are what so many times hurt us. They are what set us apart. People say, that, well, I feel this way. Well, I don't feel like God loves me. Or I don't feel like uh, God really cares about me today. How many, I don't ask for a raise of hands, but I mean, have you ever woke up in the morning and just not felt saved? And you just don't feel saved. Have you ever done something you just don't feel saved? 
Aren't you glad that salvation doesn't run away just because you don't feel like you're a Christian that day? Truth is what keeps you. Truth is what sustains you. Truth is what we have to tell ourselves. Truth is, truth is Psalm 42. Whenever David is talking to himself, right? And he says, I said unto my soul, soul, why art thou disquieted within me? You ever thought about this? A Christian talks to themselves. Okay? And they answer themselves. Somebody said one time that, you know, you're not crazy if you talk to yourself only if you answer yourself, you know. Uh, but here's the thing, is that a Christian talks to themselves and they answer themselves. They, they, they go back and forth. Well, why? Because are we beside ourselves? And the world would think we're beside ourselves. But we talk to ourselves and we say, oh, soul, why are you disquieted within yourself? Why are you so down? Why are you so out? Why are you so anxious? Why are you so worrisome? What's your problem? So hope thou in God. Trust in God. He loves you. We get this false assumption sometimes that we can, and we do this even after we're saved. We think that somehow we can somehow get some more of God's love. But when we do wrong and we don't do so much right, we kind of lose some of God's love over here. We kind of get some, and then we kind of lose some. We kind of get a little bit here, and we're always trying to stay in the middle of God's love, not get God too mad or angry at us, and, and, and sometimes we're, oh, we're just really close to God because God really loves us here. But my friend, God is what? Love. There's nothing you can do to get more of it or lose some of it. He loves you all the same. All the same. It's all the same. He loves you because he died for you. He sent his son. He proved it to us. Truth doesn't change, and so God's love doesn't change. Emotions change with the wind. Oh, man, I, I sometimes I, I just I, I feel so down. I feel so out. I, I feel like maybe uh, I, I've just failed God and that God doesn't care or that my, 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 my whatever, I have, we can have all sorts of feelings. And then the next day I may be happy and I may be walking on cloud nine and I may be feeling like I've got the, I, I, I could attack a hell with a pistol, with a, with a water pistol, you know. At other times, I wouldn't want to attack hell with the United States Army behind me. I mean, I, I, I just we're, we're back and forth this way and that way, up and down. But you can trust in one thing always, and that is this, that God's love never changes. I've got the word on it for you too. Malachi 3. I am the Lord. I change not. Oh, but don't you miss the rest of the verse. We always leave off the end of the verse. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Do you know one of the greatest pictures of God's love is? It's the cross. But you know another great picture? I'll tell you what it is. It's called the Jewish people. Why are they still existing? Why don't you know of any Philistines or Edomites? Why don't you know of any Ammonites or Amorites? Why do you not know of these people? Well, they've blended into other peoples, maybe so. But why don't we know about them? I'll tell you why. Because God's promise was upon the nation of Israel. And He loves His people 
still. And one day, one day, one day he's going to deliver them. And one day they're going to believe on their Messiah. And it's not going to be pretty getting to it. It's going to be ugly. There's going to be wars and famines and all kinds of terrible things. But one of God's great examples of his love is that he says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Not consumed. I love you. He says in that same book and, and that same uh, prophet cries out to his own people and he says, he says uh, th- th- that the Lord says, I love you. And his people answer back with this rhetorical question, this, this, or I should say this terrible question. They says, wherein hast thou loved us? And yet God still loved them and cared for them. And who did Jesus come to? The Jews. He came to them to preach the gospel to them. It wasn't until their final rejection of Christ Jesus the Lord. And it wasn't until Paul and Silas and the rest of them came on the scenes as as they're preaching. And the constant rejection. They says, we go to the Gentiles. And praise God for that. Amen. Read Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. Thank God he went to the Gentiles. Because I'm saved today because of it. And if you're a Gentile, you're saved too. We ought to believe that there are no barriers in front of us and God's love because of the cross, because of God's chosen people. But secondly, we see not only the cross, but we also see barriers. Barriers. As I read to you, he says he will rest in his love. God will continue in his love no matter what. You know, the Bible tells us, in the book of Lamentations. If you'll turn there, uh, we'll just take a quick gander at this. It says in Lamentations chapter number 3, Jeremiah was just overtaken with grief and sorrow. I mean, he was hurt, folks. Can you just imagine for just a moment? Just imagine for a moment your neighborhood. Take your neighborhood. Take some people around you. Now close your eyes and imagine all the people in your neighborhood, their houses are all burnt. Imagine there's people all in your neighborhood being drugged out of their homes, shot and killed and raped right in front of you. Imagine people running around in pandemonium. Just imagine there's no... There's no, there's no rest. There's no nothing. And this, everything that you knew at one time and you, you used to go down to the HEB or used to do this, none of that even exists. It's just burnt to the ground. That's where Jeremiah's living at. He's living in a time when uh, the Babylonians are coming to take over and people are dying and people are being ravaged and, and forsaken and there's not hardly any food left and there's famine in the land. And he says to the Lord, he speaks up and he says to God in Lamentations 3, chapter number 17, and verse number 17, he lists, he says to God, Thou hast removed my soul far from peace. I forget prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, bitterness of soul, it means. My soul 
hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind. He says, I've, I've got adversity. Jeremiah describes this situation as broken, removed, strengthless, dirty, bitter, hopeless, miserable, humbled, and afflicted. That's how he felt. And before we just write off our affections, our feelings, and say uh, feelings aren't real, I'm not saying that, okay? Feelings are real. God gave us feelings, okay? They're real. But you've got to understand that truth supersedes feelings. Truth is above feelings. He saw all the adversity around. It bothered his soul and his spirit. And adversity so many times, I tell you, adversity can be set up in our lives in whatever it be. It could be a trial. It could be, um, it could be a sickness. It could be a death. It could be a, a, a tragedy. Uh, it could be any of those kinds of things. But sometimes adversity sneaks in and the devil puts it in our life or we put it in our own lives or God allows it to come into our life and we let adversity be a barrier, a barrier, a road close sign to God's love. And we think God doesn't love us as much as we used to because look at all the adversity around me. That's one of the number one arguments of the world, isn't it not? I said, if God loves us so much, then why does he let all the bad things happen, right? Why does he let all these bad things happen? Why does he let them exist? But you look at all the troubles and people can say, well, God doesn't love me. Or God has removed his love from me. Or some people might say, I thought God loved me, but I see all these bad things happening to me now. How can I reconcile the two? That is the moment that if we're not careful, we'll not lose God's love. But listen to me, we'll lose the assurance of God's love. We'll think God doesn't love us. And we doubt his love. But understand this, that God will not allow anything to happen to us, either good or bad, that is not both, listen to me, I'm speaking to believers here, that is not both for our good and also for His glory. I preface that by saying believers. Too many times we use Romans 8, 28, and we just kind of apply it to all general aspects of life. You know, all things work together for good to them that, you know, we say all things work together for good. Not to them that don't love God, it doesn't. Okay? That's what the verse says. All things work together to them that, to good to them that love God. To them that are called according to His purpose. That's who it works together for good. It doesn't work good for those that don't love God, okay? Don't just... Apply that. That's not a random statement that you just put it out there. No, it applies to those that love God, that are called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate and conform to be the image of His Son. Friend, don't let adversity be a barrier. Don't let sin be a barrier. That's a blockade that we put up in our lives. We can be certain that God does not place this fence in front of us, right? God does not do that. We are, the Bible tells us that no man is tempted of God. Neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when what? He is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. We are not tempted in sin by God. But when we do sin, we allow sin to be put up as a wall in front of us, in front of God's love. And we can say to ourselves, God doesn't love us. Why did he let us sin? Why did he do this to me? Why did I fall again? 
Maybe God doesn't love me as much now that I have sinned. But Hebrews 12 clears that up for us real plainly and lets us know that God does love us even when we do sin. Many different ways. One of the things is this, chastisement. You can't sleep at night because you did something wrong. Do you think that's, do you, do you think that's the hand of God maybe trying to get a hold of you? I think that it is. It's God trying to get a hold of your heart, trying to chastise you, trying to bring you back to Him. Aren't you glad that God chastises His own? He doesn't allow you to stay in that position, in that state. I'm glad for that. I want to be thankful for that. That shows God's love. Why do you punish your children? Because you're mad at them? That's the wrong reason to punish them. Why do you punish them? You want to bring them back into a relationship with you. You want to bring them back into a right standing. You don't punish them, but your parents don't, listen, your parents don't ground you or punish you or, or chastise you or, you know, whip you with scorpions. You know, they don't do any of those kinds of things. You know, oh, <laughs> Jonathan, you, know, uh, they, you don't do any of those kinds, they don't do any of those kinds of things so just because, oh, we're just mad at you. You know, God doesn't do things just because he's mad at us as children of God. He does it because he loves us and he wants to restore the fellowship with us. And that thing's got to get right. Amen. And if it's when it gets right, there is that love that can be called, come, that, that love that we can be assured of that God is helping us and to, he does it to encourage us that we're his children. He encourages us that he still loves us. Sin is a barrier. Adversity is a barrier, but also enemies are barriers. Psalm 13. Psalm 13, David cries out to God about the enemies that are in his life. I'll turn over there real quick, but he cries out to God and he says, God, I've got all these enemies. I've got all these people. Where are you at, God? Where are you at? How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? Did you catch that? That's what David's saying. God, I mean, I don't, I, have you ever been that blunt with God? How long will you forgive me, God? Forever? Forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I, I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? God, how long? And if there's, if there's something that can steal away the, and put a blockade in front of you and God's love, I tell you, it can be enemies and unrighteous Things that happen to you, ungodly judgment that happens to you. And you can be thinking to yourself, does God love me? Does God care about me? Is, 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 is he even seeing what's happening to me? But my friend, God will never allow anything to happen to you that is not for your good and his glory. Your good and his glory. He's trying to train you. He's trying to get you ready. He's trying to build you up. In his, in his love, don't allow the enemies to steal away the assurance that God loves you and that God cares about you. Oh, that the enemies will say, God doesn't care. The devil will say, God doesn't care. God doesn't see your grief that you're going through. Oh, he sees, my friend. He sees. Oh, God doesn't have compassion on me. God doesn't do this. God doesn't do that. Why can't I have more people like me? Why can't I be in their situation? Why can't I have this? And why can't I have that? Does, does God even love me or care about me? 
Friend, don't allow that barrier to be put up in your life, my friend, because always look at the cross and realize that Jesus died for your sins. And if that's all he ever did and you believed that message and you're going to heaven, then my friend, how else can we say that God doesn't love us? He loves us to the end. So how do I get there, preacher? Well, look what David did. He prayed. He prayed. And when he prayed, he was just straight up with God. Can I say it like that? Sometimes we get this religiosity. I don't think that's a word, but I like it in our prayer life. We get this kind of religiosity. We got to pray to God in this certain way. We got to say it in this, the these and the vows. We got to put all these kind of things in there. Hey, how about this? How long will you forget me? (laughs) How long will you forget me? Forever? I'm not saying you be sacrilegious. I'm not saying that you uh, be disrespectful to God or anything like that. But God knows your heart already. Why don't you just go ahead and talk to God? Be honest with God and tell God how you really do feel. All right? You've told everybody else. Amen? Tell God. He's saying, I'd like to hear the story. I'd like to hear your side of the story. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. Remember when Job says, said, to, said, said to his friends, he said, I wish I had a counsel before God. And I'd tell him a thing or two. I'd let you know that he would vindicate me. Let me have a counsel before God. And one day in Job chapter number 41 or 40, I can't remember what it was. God says, all right, you got your counsel. And he stood before Job, and he gave it all to him, and he laid it all out before him. And Job says, oh, man, I don't know. I, I, I. And, and God says, uh-uh, boy. He said, I'm not done with you. He said, sit down. I got more to say. And he goes through it all over again. And finally, Job says what? I repent in dust and ashes. I repent. Pray. Be honest with God. And then... He says in verse 3, consider and hear me, O Lord. Trust God. He says in verse 5, he says, I have trusted in thy mercy. Trust God. Trust Him. Say, I can't see the end of the road. That's the whole point of trust. Amen? Trust God. He will see you to the end. And then rejoice. And rejoice in what? I don't even see the answer. That's the whole part of trust and faith. Amen? Rejoicing and being faithful to rejoice in God even though you don't even see how it's all going to work out. And then look what he says. I will sing unto the Lord. Man, isn't it awesome to see a believer in Jesus Christ that has got barrier after barrier after barrier set up in front of them, and yet they're not going to allow those barriers to stop them between them and and the love of God, and so what are they going to start doing? They're even going to sing about it. They're going to sing and lift up their voice unto the Lord and, and praise God. And can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? How can it be that, God, you would love me, a sinner? Sing to God. How do you and I respond in moments of adversity? Do we sulk? Do we pout? Do we give up? Do you want to quit? Do you get worried? Do you get anxious? Do you feel yourself getting strengthless, hopeless, worried, lonely, removed, 
from the presence of God? Friend, don't let your feelings drive you. God doesn't love you any less. But too often we think too less of God's love. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not saying that we'll never sin again. I'm not saying that you'll never have another adversity. I'm not saying you'll have another enemy. But you can learn how in your life to break down the barriers that want to keep you from the love of God. Realize that those barricades were not in the first place set up by God. God has never placed anything in between him and his love. For the Bible says in Romans 5, 2, By whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. For through him we have both access by one spirit unto the Father, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. Oh, there's plenty of access granted to God, my friend. His love has opened up the floodgates for you to be able to get to him at any time, at any moment, at any beck and call. Repent of any known sin. Repent of feeling like God doesn't love you or that you have somehow lost his love. And then remember and recall to mind that God does love you. And then finally, rejoice and sing about it. You say, even when I don't feel like it? Yes. Even when you don't feel like it. Tell yourself, God does love me. Say and read His Word here in His love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. And don't let the world and the flesh and the devil steal your songs. Psalm 137 tells us of when the children of Israel were in captivity. And as they're in captivity, the Bible says that they hung their harps on the willows. And their enemies said, sing unto us the songs of Jerusalem. And they said, we will not sing. We will not sing. My friend, the world might try to mock you and criticize you. Say, come on, sing. The devil might try to poke at you and say, come on, sing. Look at all the bad things. You still want to sing? You know what you do? Randy and Corey, come up here. I've been waiting to do this all service, all day long, all right? Stand up here and hold my sign for me, okay? All right? Stand up here a little bit right here, okay? Stand right there, all right? You know what you do? You break down the barrier. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Pick it up. Again, that's a barrier of adversity. Amen? There's a barrier of what? Sin, right? Get it down. Get it out of here. It's time to be gone with the barriers. You guys can sit down. It's time to be gone. Yeah, I'm not going to do it again. All right, almost broke the pew right there. Uh, it's time to get rid of these things. Amen? The, the love of God, there's nothing standing between you and the love of God except for when you and I and the sin and the flesh and the devil try to set up the barriers. 
Get rid of the barriers, my friend, of adversity and sin and of the enemies and look to God and realize that God loves you very much. I'm sorry it's so simple, but that's just the way it is. He loves you very much. Very, very much. And He wants you to realize that He does. God does not love you any less ever, my friend. But when we set the barriers up, we think less of the love of God. We have access. It's been granted. It's been opened. And if you've gone through the door of Jesus Christ, if you've believed on Him as the way, the truth, and the life, There is definitely, definitely nothing holding you back from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nay, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Him that loved us. Friend, believe in this great love And don't doubt it. Repent if you have. Realize and recall to mind the great truths of God's love. And then rejoice and sing about it. Amen. Sing about it. Father, we're thankful for the blessed day you've given to us.